Cassius, how you feeling, bro? What's good with you, my G? I'm good, man. Chilling. Hey, bro. We've been talking about it a lot. Let's let's just get into it, man. This uh this past week, man, I got my dream as a you know as a rap fan, bro. Seeing this whole you know war words with Lupe and Royce, man, it's been everything I was asking for, dog. Yeah, it's been it's been like a it's one of those things when we always been like, yo, what what if Kendrick and Drake went at it, or what if Royce and you know to see two of the, our contemporaries go at it because I was telling people I ain't seen no shit like, like this since since Beanie and Jada as far as two prominent lyricists that I really respect you know having that 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 exchange of words you know like literally and figuratively I, mean, I agree with that and I you know I think the part that's crazy about it is just you know other than the fact that they're friends it I swear it didn't even seem like it was gonna get to this level dude it was one person said they were the best. You know, Payne and Ransom said they were the best. Then Royce got hooked into it. Then Lupe, Royce threw a warning shot, man. Lupe threw that SLR three and a half out there. I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I think I think that was where kind of tactically Royce might have misstepped. Like, if you're going to get into the ring, you got to just be ready to throw those haymakers. You can't be out there slap boxing. And Royce kind of put on a, a display of skills as opposed to a direct battle rap and Lupe came back like he wasn't he wasn't trying to put on a skill display. He was trying to he was trying to cut somebody's head off, you know. So Man, and you know the thing about Lupe, man, we we've been known what type of you know lyricist he is. You know, we know what type of lyricist Roy Royce is. But so that's why I was kind of surprised. Like Royce, you know Lupe is really not a slouch. Like you know you gotta come for his top. I was just yeah, a little yeah. surprised he let him like you said, he sent the little warning shot and it's crazy Cause he sent warning shots, but but Lupe was the one who was like, "Oh, I'm about to, I'm gonna jump in front of this. What's up?" Yeah, I mean, you know, to, to be throwing shots at like Loaded Lux, RJ, Mickey. I mean, that's a lot of heavyweights in one joint that you just kind of tapping. Like you can't just tap Loaded Lux on the shoulder like like this nigga light. Like you know, you Facts. gotta really. So so with each artist, I feel like. I think Royce can handle anyone one-on-one, but no one's Superman. You know what I mean? You can't battle all of these guys simultaneously. You got to give them each day. They do respect. If you're going to go at Lou, go at Lou. This is just my opinion. You know what I'm saying? As a, as a rapper myself, <clears throat> you know, um, then you need to kind of, you know, pace yourself a bit. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's where he kind of went off track a little bit just with his strategy was, you know, I'm going to come out the gate and kind of, this is friendly jousting. And I think that's where it all kind of cracked off in the first place was that Lupe thought he could kind of just kind of, you know, poke at Royce a little bit like they was, but they didn't quite have a rapport that they thought they had with each other because of facts, obviously, because it kind of went up, went astray, you know, so. Well, man, I got to ask you then, bro, did, you know, we, we mentioned Silence of the Lambdas, man, what did you think of it? Like, technically, it's technically immaculate, bro. You know, when I heard it, I was just like, man, there's some bars in there I still haven't really sat with yet. But just the way he delivered it is an example of why he's one of the best lyricists ever. He just knows, he understands scheme, he understands flow very well, man. I thought it was just technically amazing. What did you think, though? I was trying to do the um, nigga doing them regular regular dance songs, like he was Kevin Durant comb. <laughs> like, try to do it, my nigga, and you'll see how much skill it really takes to deliver those patterns without mumbling anything. And he Thanks. said it all so crispy and so clear. Now, one of my, my the homies, who's actually a producer and an engineer, made a good point. He said the engineering on the track 
could have been a little better. Sometimes it's hard to hear the vocals if you're not listening in, in headphones at certain parts. But Royce's delivery and execution was perfect. And see, as a lyricist, outside of it being whether it's a Lupe disc or whatever, it was just a gorgeous display of rhyme schemes, fluctuating flow patterns and flow tempos. And then I, I think his opponents, you know, with Lou and, and Mickey, I don't think these criticisms that it was just gibberish, I don't think that was accurate. If you pick apart each line, it wasn't one line that was just words. Nah, you you know, every every one of them had a meaning. It was just, it wasn't all focused. You know I what agree. I mean? That's I why it was so brilliant when Lupe was like, all oh, your hyper-technical hypotheticals, because that's what <laughs> Royce does a lot. He sets up like a hypothetical kind of, I take your mom out to the diner and have her sitting at the, da, da, da. you know, that yeah. it was a good analysis. <laughs> That's what made uh, Lupe's response so deadly was that it was an expert dissection and analysis of Roy psychologically, not just a display of, 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 you know, your mama jokes. You know, that's what I think. That's the part about Lupe. I think I'm not going to say they Royce forgot, but I think we forget. We forget Lupe is really an intellectual man. He's he's supremely intelligent. And that's why beefing with him is or I'm not going to say beef with him, but, you know, sparring with him is really tough because. You know, he understands rap on so many levels, man. He's mastered certain parts of rap, you know. Um, And I think a lot of times, to my credit, I think Lupe lost me sometimes during his career being too abstract. But Mm -hmm, SLR mm -hmm. 3.5 was just so, it was so direct but still coded to where I was like, wow. Like, you could tell he really, I'm not going to say he spent time with it, but you could tell he really is a master of his craft, man. And, you know. Even when Royce was throwing those little shots at Mickey, like the Sun Chips line and everything like that, I was just sitting there like, dang, man, these dudes are really skilled at being able to put entendres in there and put hidden messages in plain sight, man, like these Easter eggs all over the track. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I I thought it really went unnoticed because Royce's shit was, I think the way Royce did himself a disservice was he put too much skill on display. And a lot of people don't appreciate the intricate nuance of your schemes and your flow the way other rappers will. But you're not doing this for the rappers. The average listener, they listening to this like a battle. You know what I'm saying? So they're not catching all of that super. That's what Lupe meant when he meant when he said hyper-technical hypotheticals. You know what I mean? But I thought when Luke, when Royce went off on the whole, like Mr. Miyagi, don't get done to done, get waxed on. I, I thought all of that was ill. It was just a little too layered. So I don't think people, he was referencing like Lupe's martial arts history and all of that. And so, I, but I don't, I, I bet you a lot of people, I, I think a lot of people did catch it, but some people hey, who don't really follow all of that might've missed it, that that was actually a diss. You know what I mean? Can I, can I so, get on my rap nerd real quick, man? I, I looked on Rap Genius and saw that they had posted some of the lyrics. Fam, <laughs> we them cool niggas bringing food, liquor, and foolies in. They do all the yelling and accuse Nickel of bullying. Run up yeah, full yeah. speed, hit niggas with the message like "Wallow." God damn, he was throwing yeah, he, them he shots. Had a, he had a he had a, a, a lot of sick sick lines in there. But the thing about it is, if you gonna go at Lupe Fiasco, you gotta go. You direct. gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta go at you because this is the thing. Did you not hear SLR two? You know what I mean? Like when he when he went into the whole like um. Jock, jock, jock. He did the whole Hitler thing. That's Adolf rapping to my new shit. Then I turned around and put like, come Ooh. on, man. The nigga, he put a display on in SLR too. And that wasn't even going right at Kendrick. He was kind of just being friendly on that one. Like, okay, I, you, you said what you said. I'm going to say what I say. He didn't go right at Kendrick's neck. That should have let people know don't never play with Lupe. 
You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not saying Royce was playing with Lupe, but I do think Royce was more doing like, I'm gonna put on a, a display of skills, a display of patterns, and I'm gonna throw shots to kind of set the temp, the tempo, to set the mood. But it's like, nah, you gotta go right in. Like, Man. you know, this nigga, you brought a gun, he brought a, he brought a automatic rifle. You know what I mean? Like, exactly, bro. And, <clears throat> and, and you know, I'm not gonna lie. You know, like we was talking about, I, I definitely think Lupe won round one. But when I really look at Silence of the Lambda. I don't want this moment to go unnoticed. That technical display is better than 90% of what we hearing out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that's the part that, that unfortunately I think some people was upset about, you know, people going to focus on the beef and they're not going to focus on the fact or the beef in quotes, but they're not focusing on the fact. These are just two skilled MCs just showing everybody, you know, it, it was important for them to do this, man. Cause we just, we needed to see lyrical rap be cool again. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I think yeah and and to touch on it, your point yeah you know just to have if you know first let me touch on the actual content of, of the thing I think Royce thought that that his every subtlety of the technical display would have been appreciated and I just don't think it's appreciated the way it used to be the schemes the flow the patterns but but beyond on that you know we need I mean it, it might not be advantageous necessarily for Royce or for Lou, but for bars, it, it, it's what the game needs, man. We need we need these prominent lyricists to really come out and put this shit on display and show niggas that there's still a passion, that they will put it all on the line to represent this, this you know, specific subgenre of the art form, you know what I mean? No, I get exactly what you mean, man. And, and you know, the one thing I kept thinking, because you know, when it dropped, man, I was at work. Me and you were like, yo, I was, I was sneaking out, you know what I'm saying, it, to, to hear uh, the track and talk with you about it. But what hit me, man, was I felt like me and you were hype over it, because we're both, you know, we was, you know, they put in quotes, millennials, we were hype. But I knew for a fact, like, none of Gen Z gave a fuck at all. And I also really felt like, you know, Gen X was kind of like lukewarm about it, man. I don't know what you mm -hmm. think. I think I think it's more like the millennials. And it's funny. It's funny. I think Gen X was lukewarm because Nas, Jay-Z, them was they dudes. You know, Facts. coming out of the Big Daddy Kane, Rakim era into like early 90s, Snoop Dogg, Corrupt, Nas, Jay-Z, Boot Camp, Click, Red Man, Method Man. That was they. But... That was their uh, era, but our era was Lupe Royce because Royce came first in like '99. Yeah, Lupe really came to prominence in like '05 to like '07. Yeah. yeah, you know when he was on One Tree Hill. I bet niggas don't remember that. Oh, I remember that episode <laughs> when he was rocking on One Tree Hill. <laughs> he killed that shit. shit. <laughs> shit man, that I got you. Single. Hell yeah. <laughs> um. So so that was our era, you know. So it and I think millennials, I mean um, Gen Xers, because they grew up really emphasizing <clears throat> lyricism, and you know, to be the king of New York in that era, you had to be the illest. They still appreciate it to some extent, but they like, nah, I don't really fuck with Lou and because you know that the irony of this is that during the battle, Lupe and Royce are going at each other like they different people, mm. when really they're so much more alike then they are different facts which is pretty because you know lewis calling royce out for what he says is like almost like a, a faux kind of gangsterism roy is calling royce is calling lou out for like kind of a a, a a patronizing kind of intellectualism and they both are kind of the same person you know lou grew up with the gangsters he grew up in in chicago with the vice lords royce grew up in in detroit with the gangsters royce's brother's a gangster you know what i mean like and they're both in, obviously intellectual dudes that that you know extensive vocabularies complex lyricism and so i think you know this gen x generation 
all respect to them. It's just, just not. These is like old niggas to them. Yeah, man. And, and, and you know, I think also, man, they just they had the advantage and the disadvantage of growing up when they did. Because the advantage was they got to see a lot of dope MCs, like you were saying. Oh, I saw Nas. I, I remember Nas in '95. I remember Jay Z in '96. I remember, you know, some of them. I remember when you know BDP and Juice Crew was beefing. You know, so they've got all these things. Even to them, Bean, like, you know, we remember Beans and Jada, Meek and, Ka- uh, not me, I'm sorry, not Meek, uh, Murder Mook and, and Cassidy beefing. Like, I was in high school, like, oh, man, this is the battle rap era. You know Fucking T.I. and Little Flip. Oh, you know hell I mean? yeah. You know I remember that shit. <laughs> you that, know what I wanted that, uh, that down Fucking with the king. Nelly and K- you remember Nelly and KRS-One? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And that's what I'm saying. Like, so we, we grew up on, like, beef in that aspect you know um and so for us we like yo this is i feel kind of like them i'm like yo this is hip-hop but to them it's like nah man this is this is whack this is corny but it's like okay but if if rakim was to do a versus or if rakim was to have a beef with somebody now you wouldn't say that's corny you would say yeah get in the ring this is hip-hop like why is it different with our generation? i feel like there's like a little bit of a generation discrimination like the beefs and stuff in our hip hop, the rap in our generation isn't good enough. It's not as dope as it was back in the day. I'm like, yeah, Damn. yeah, yeah. You know, you always would hear like, oh, if Kendrick had come out in '98, it wouldn't have been been no big deal. Oh my kind of god, thing. you hear I shit hate like that, that you know? shit. <laughs> it's funny. Gen X kind of, in some ways, can look down on this. I think we produced in this era, the millennial era, some of the illest MC. We, we did, you know bro. What I mean, we did. I bro. mean, don't make me start listing off names. I mean, you know, because they took what Nas and Jay Z and and Method Man and Red Man were doing and and corrupt and exhibit and kind of just evolved it slightly. You know what I mean? So out of that came the Kendricks and the Schoolboys and the and the and the Rock Marcianos and the, and the Benny the Butchers and so on and so forth and the, and the blues and all of that kind of stuff. Facts. You know, but then Gen X, it's more stylistic difference. I think for Gen X, they just um, I mean, I'm sorry, not Gen X for the Zoomers. The Zoomers, um, yeah. They, they just don't the lyricism like for the Zoomers, it would be a big deal if Little Uzi Vert and like Offset fell out. Yeah, you know what I mean. That would be a big deal. You know, or if like like um, you know, if like Baby. Tron and 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 T Grizzly fell out. You know or, that would be a big or, deal. You know for what I'm them. saying? Or NBA Young Boy, you know, and somebody. You know, I, I get it. If you know, I think the thing you hit on, and I realize that now with you know with Gen Z, man, they they're all about the style and melody. You know, because I, yeah, I realized yeah. I was getting old when the Migos album dropped, and I was like, oh man, I can't wait. And I started realizing like their flow is dated. Like Gen Z, they like, oh yeah, the old school hip hop, yeah, Migos. I'm like, damn, they ain't even thirty. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because you know, a lot of those niggas hit the scene in like 2010. So you figure, for a lot of these kids, they're adults now, but they were kids then. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, people who are like, like for them, like an OG is like Kodak Black. Yeah, you right. You know what I'm saying? Damn. Like he an OG. Like, like think about it. Like with Royce, for for us, Royce is the man. We look at that dude. We look at Lupe. We look at you know. uh, uh all the, you know, all our, all our, all our, you know, our, our, our contemporary. Lupe, Royce, any of yeah. them, you know what I'm saying? But to, Kendrick, to, to, all to, them, Cole. To Gen Z, Royce is just that dude that be on some Eminem songs. Mm, and Eminem he is just, an old head, you know what yes. I'm saying? So, yeah, and you see how they, they are practically hostile towards Eminem, Tupac, that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, they are. They just feel like that stuff is so, and then Eminem throwing shots and, and still trying to do like, what used to be like edgy to us, to them is just like tired. Man. Like, oh, you still don't, you know, and plus the woke shit and like the way we've evolved is like 
the whole way we view masculinity and just 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 you know sexuality and orientation in society gen z looks at it differently you know they so do it shapes the way they look at the artist and i think uh-huh. that also affects the way they you know not even just how they perceive music but what what they want to check for like when they're listening to a rap beef they're not listening for a lyrical display you know what i'm saying they're looking for something that could go straight to twitter and Straight to Instagram, or I'm sorry, that was even old platforms. <laughs> Something that's mm-hmm. going to be able to be discussed yeah, TikTok. on TikTok or Snapchat, <laughs> man. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, I, I found it funny, man, because like I was talking to, you know, I'm 32. I was talking to dudes, it was like 40 up. They was just like, yawn, or this is boring. And then mm-hmm. the babies, you know, the Zoomers weren't even talking about it because they don't even know who those two are. They, they don't, they ain't heard Kick Push. They was born when Kick Push came out. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it's crazy because Royce has more momentum now than Lupe does, and they mm-hmm. probably still don't really know who Royce is, like you said. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, I mean, oh, I, I love my yeah, I'm like, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, but yeah, man, you know, for, for them, it's just like it, it, you figured when they were born, a lot of them never even heard Tupac. Damn. You know what I mean? They never even heard Ice Cube. They never even, you know, Nas, Jay-Z, okay. Because Nas and Jay-Z ma- managed to carry their shit over in the present day. Like, think about it like with J. Cole, for example. J. Cole comes out, he does major numbers, and we're all thinking, that's great. That means this style is still relevant. No, it means people were so thirsty for that yeah, that he right. carried over a fan base from 10 years ago. You're 100% you know, the right, same bro. people who that's why if you go to a cold show or a blue show, it's a lot of 30 somethings in a crowd. It's a lot of late 20s, maybe all the way up to like early 40s. Yeah. So it's not necessarily indicative that these styles are still very relevant. It just means that J. Cole had a dedicated fan base then. And he and, and, and they are so deprived of the kind of shit that they want that when he drops, they flock to, to purchase it. You know what no, I mean? No, that's real, so, man. And I and I knew that because I enjoyed the Cole album, but I realized when Tyler the Creator dropped, I was like, "Oh, y'all look at Tyler's style or Tyler's form of music as more palatable." You looking at Cole's like, "Oh, he giving us these bars. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's it's a song mm-hmm. off there I might listen to." But Tyler, they like, "Oh, that's my shit." You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I, I feel like when I was talking about like SLR three and Silence of the Lambda, I showed my age because our generation used to wait up. We would we would get on the internet and be like, oh, this just dropped on Double XL or a hip hop blog site, and we would share it. And old, you know, the new generation, they don't have that connection to mm-hmm. to you know blogs, fights, or things like that. They look at everything on YouTube. It's impersonal, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or, so. or or just like that reverence and almost like a protective nature we have around lyricism, the just the lyrics. You know, for them, it's the wave, it's the style, it's the feel. They value lyricism too, but in a different sort of way. Facts. So to us, they're like, y'all and all that. Like, cause like we still talk rap. You know what I mean? Like, that's why like, I, I really respect the artists like IDK so much. Cause I look at his shit and then I look at my stuff and I just, I go, it's just the fact that there's just more dimensions to his shit. You know what I mean? Like, and, and like you said, like with Tyler, like with uh, with Chance the Rapper, like, like with Drake, it, it's because Drake came in the game, Future came in the game and they reinvented what the definition of a rapper is. Facts. And, it, and they added dimensions to it. You know, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with just because I, I spit straightforward. Blue spit straightforward. Rock Mars spit straightforward. Benny the Butch. And I love that shit. I love it. You too, know, man. but these newer kids, they look at a rapper as having these different elements. And when you don't have that, it's just kind of plain to them. They like, oh, that's it. Like both these niggas don't do what we're used to. We're, we're accustomed to, to getting from our artists, you know? No, I get that, man. And, and, and you know, 
I guess I guess the big thing about that is I, I think it's important that they change the game to where now it forces everybody to step it up. And I liked that energy. I felt like that energy was in this because, you know, when I looked at this disc, I was like, okay, this is going to make people step their bars mm-hmm. up. And Mickey mm-hmm. Fax did that, bro. Mickey Fax, I did not think he was going to insert himself into this. But once he felt like he got attacked, yo, he dropped that yeah, race I mean, disc. I mean, you know, I, I got two different opinions. I got my opinion <laughs> on the actual disc, and then I got my opinion on the timing. So right now, I just concentrate on the actual disc. Uh, yeah, it was excellent. You know what I mean? And it's it's kind of like sometimes when you give an MC a specific goal, a specific topic, they're able to just really because sometimes the hardest thing to do when you're making an album is all right, what's track one gonna be about? What's mm-hmm. track two gonna be about? How do I make all of these tracks flow together with a cohesion and Facts. keep the listener's attention? But if you got one song and one objective to concentrate on, because a lot of people are like, I didn't even know Nikki Mickey could come like it's like, no, he always had it in him. You know what I'm saying? It's just y'all wasn't paying attention to everything he's released throughout his duration of his career. But right now, y'all y'all tuned in. And yeah, the, the boy locked in on that one, man. I can't it, lie, it bro. Nice. He, he had some nice bars on there. Uh, he brought what was necessary, man. I just, as soon as he did it, I said, this is a little bit different than what Lupe did. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I don't know how this is going to go over. Like, I'm not going to lie. The way Lupe did it, we talked about it. He... He did the diss in a way to where he spoofed the toughness of Royce. Mm-hmm. Mickey was like, I ain't spoofing nothing. I'm coming at your neck. And I'm. I, it was like, I'm throwing shots. I'm throwing kill shots at you. And I was like, fam, I don't. I, I respect it, though. You, you, you threw a proper shot. But now I feel like you done put him in a, you know, Royce dropped that uh, video. He was like, y'all, <laughs> he said, nerds want to gang up on rapper. I got friends too. I was like, "Oh no, he hey, might hey, call hey. in, folks, yo." And when and hey, you know, and I really thought that Nikki, uh, I mean that Mickey disc was on point. It was, but it, it felt less organic than the Lupe. Like, oh, it, it felt more just it like was. a battle rap, where it the Lupe was. shit felt more like Lou and, and Royce were having they real, you know. And I know Mickey's name was thrown in there. It wasn't like he just jumped jumped in in a vacuum, but um, you know, it just felt more less inspired by something that's just a real I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say but but when that nigga said cricket I, I was like bro come on. <laughs> come on now like put some respect on that man's name you're gonna just throw it oh, yeah, get crooked eye and I'm like y'all niggas look I'm not gonna say niggas don't want no parts of crooked eye but I'm just gonna say niggas don't really do y'all really I, this is what I say I pose it as a question do you really want problems with crooked eye you no do? okay no I'm, I'm all for it I'm gonna sit back and get no. my popcorn out but Y'all don't want Killer Cryptic. Y'all don't want the man. Bro, man. you know what was Good crazy? Eye is a monster. He is, bro. And, and <laughs> He's it, a monster. <laughs> and it's crazy because, like, when when Mickey dropped the diss, you know, afterward, Royce was like, bro, I told you, if you felt like the line was about you, it was about you, but I really wasn't talking to you at all. He was like, you know, and you went too far. I was like, ah, oh, shoot. He was like, Royce, you, you said the bar was about me. I'm like, bro. You you are looking for a reason to go to war with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if he does tap crooked in, man, like them those crooked weeklies, man. I used to live to when them joints were post on Double XL, and I I used to make fun and laugh when I would hear Cob, but he would get on that track and blaze it, dog. He yeah, still got yeah. it, man. Yeah, the the fucking circle of bosses, and then all of the circle of boss niggas could get off too. Like they yeah, all had cool. like like little like no diss to them or nothing, but they all kind of sounded like you know. 
like a version of Crooked Eye style, but they they did it well though. I'm like, damn, all these niggas because it's a it's a compliment to say you sound like Crooked Eye. You know what I mean? Facts. But um, in, in regard to in regards to Mickey's timing, like I kind of compare this to like if you're shooting a fade with it, if you're shooting a fair one, you having a physical fight with somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And you might be like, and fuck your homeboy too. But once you and that person that you having a head up squabble with start to fight. It's still not fair for his homeboy to jump in and hit you with a haymaker. That's what and I'm I saying. And I kind of feel like that's what the Mickey Fax disc did. It was like, bro, him and Lupe having a head up squabble. I know he mentioned your name, but the, the 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 crux of this, the majority of this, is not even somewhat about you. It's about Lupe. So I just will. I want. I would want Royce and Lupe to have their space to do what they do. And then if Mickey and Royce gonna have anything, okay. But I mean, you can't expect Royce to battle six niggas at once, man. And that's no, all man. I'm saying, you know. I, I agree, and I, I think Mickey, man, you know, Mickey just dropped the album. Mickey knew what he was doing. Real, real talk. This whole thing was rant. This whole thing started with Ransom, dog. Ransom was saying he nice, and he is. And that that King Rant, that Lord Ransom album was great. You know, I just felt like when Ransom said what he said, to, he said Roy said, "Yo, I'm nicer than everybody." And then Lou jumped him, threw himself in there. That could have, that should have been it. And Mickey, like, I'm teaming up with my man. I'm like, uh, I don't know if your man asked for help, bro. He's he's really yeah, plus, good. That ain't how to squabble. I mean, I, I tell you, I look at on some hood <laughs> shit. Like, you can't team up if a nigga having a fair one. If he's shooting a fair one, that ain't no rules. So if a nigga's gonna jump in and do you dirty, they gonna like in the in the streets. Sometimes niggas just jump in and, and, and do you dirty. You know what I mean? But you gotta acknowledge that you got done dirty. It, it's not clean. You know what I'm saying? So while technically I think Mickey's diss was dope, I think, hey man, you kind of the man is already preoccupied in an engagement in a, you know, in a confrontation, you know, let's just, um, so now, I mean, one thing I, I do think it does though, a positive is it inspire it, it, it almost makes it that Royce has to respond. You know yeah. what I mean? He has to respond because he got too many people coming at him. But like if Royce said, if he want to pull a crooked or a Joel or somebody into it, Hey, you know, y'all it's Mickey and Lou. Royce can go get, get you know get his ad on so Man. but i as far as this shit don't spill out into no gunplay i mean if niggas end up shooting a fa- if niggas end up having a little boxing match that ain't nothing but i mean as long as it don't spill out into any kind of egregious violence this is great and, and that's I mean? that's exactly how i feel like ultimately man i'm gonna say this and, and i understand that's against the nature of of an argument or competition it, they're not gonna work together. I don't per se. I didn't per se want that outcome. I didn't per se love Lupe and Royce to show, but I love the idea of them two being cool with each other, acknowledging each other's talent. I feel like, like you said, I feel like they just each other in different, you know, on different, you know, sides of the coin. Yeah, so yeah. I hate that they're not, you know, on a good accord, and I hope that they can squash it. And beyond that, I don't want it to turn into hey, some street hey. stuff, man. Think about it. The reason why these niggas is clashing is because they too much alike, not because of how different they are. Facts. They they both just those alpha personality type of dudes, both intellectuals who also have a street history, mm-hmm. both coming from hard Midwestern cities. You know what I mean? Detroit and Chicago, which place is tougher? I don't know. The, the dirty glove or the motherfucking, you know, uh, Chirac. I mean, I don't want to go to either place. I'm going to stay in Lemert. No diss to either. <laughs> no diss to the much love to no both places. No diss to my Detroit niggas. No diss to much yeah. of both of y'all places. Too tough for me, man. I'm going to stay in Lemert. Hey. I know the Lamert niggas like, what you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> These niggas over here, hey, hey, it's plenty of tough niggas in Lamert too. Like, don't you know what I'm saying? They everywhere. But um, <laughs> I think the most out of every out of all the disses, Mickey, Royce, and Lupe, the most 
pertinent, valuable line for me was long live backpack rap. There it is. When Lou yelled that out, I was like, yes. So whoever you think won, Royce, Lou, Mickey, whoever, whoever side you on, the most important thing is long live this this form of hip hop that emphasizes lyricism, rhyme schemes, flow, where niggas will put everything on the line to defend their pedigree. That's what I'm talking about. You know, man. that's hip hop. And you know, I think if I had to just say a final thought on that, man, I, like you said, it, it felt good for me when my YouTube algorithms changed and I was seeing people talking about it. And I was like, oh, people do still care about this this stuff. You know what I'm saying? On, on Beyond the messy level. And you were seeing people weigh in. They were like, nah, man, they got to, Royce got to respond. Some mm-hmm. people were like, nah, man, Lou won that. Man, y'all really miss what, what Royce was saying. And like, that's what we, we missing in hip hop. And that's what, like you said, that's what the people in our generation did onto a level that Gen X can't get. Kendrick made people excited to wake up to hear albums again. J. Cole mm-hmm. made people excited mm-hmm. to hear albums again. Big Crit did the same thing. You know what I'm saying? All these people that we look up to, you know, and that's what happened with this. I hate that uh, Mickey Fax has inserted himself into it because I think Mickey's going to get more of it now than Lupe. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if it made like if it made dudes rap again, I'm with it. You know what I'm saying? That's my ultimate thing. I mean, my whole thing as far as the specific conflict is I just don't, I just hope people don't expect Royce to be able to do everything simultaneously. Like if the nigga comes out with a diss, I mean, allow him to pace himself. I mean, you know, he ain't going to be able to just body everybody in one joint. Like, I feel like people just like, like, let's let, let, let's just let this thing play out. You know what I mean? Like, let's be patient. Let's let each side do what they going to do. But I mean, it is two on one. So I just want people <laughs> to take that in. It's, it's two hey, on one, man. You know what I'm saying? Nickel so, Nine uh, can handle both of them boys, man. <laughs> yeah. Nine, hey, and man. I think, I think, you know, and shouts out to Mickey too, because he got a, a project dropping with my dude Blue oh, in man, a couple of weeks, man. And, you know, Blue is family. So, I mean, shouts out to Mickey. I wish him nothing but the utmost success. Lupe is, is, is one of my top five Royce's top five as well for me Facts. so that's why this happened and I was giddy with excitement I was like I can't believe this is happening you know what I mean like um but hey you know it, for the for the first round when um when people have to say you miss some shit that means you need to go more direct with so I, <laughs> we need a second second round from from Royce because I just don't feel like Royce really has gotten officially in the battle mode yet you know he just Nah, he warming up right now. Yeah, um, yeah. So, man, and you know, it, it's really been a lot. You know that that battle kind of helped my week. You know, last week, and because this week has been kind of crazy. You know, this week because of the Olympics starting last week, bro. You know, it seems like all social media wants to do is talk about what black women in sports should do. Man, I, mm-hmm. I've been seeing mm-hmm. some crazy takes, bro. I don't know if you saw the white dude that's been getting killed online. He was like. Michael Jordan in game seven, I'm guarding my mental health. And Folk was like, so you forgot about him quitting in his prime after his father's mm-hmm. death? Yeah, yeah, Maybe. to go play baseball and get, get away from the entire entire sport, yeah. You know, but it just shows a, um, I'm happy, first of all, that black athletes are starting to realize that these these kind of uh, sports institutions exploit them for their for their physical abilities, but don't truly value them for their humanity. You know what I mean, and are putting putting themselves first because you the pressure with these things are just so immense, and um to see the hostility from people like Piers Morgan, people like Clay Travis, who immediately just attack it, it, it kind of validates their need to remove themselves from this kind of toxicity, and I think a lot of it is misogyny. I think a lot of it is racism. You know, this whole patriarchal idea that. Uh, 
uh, these women are just supposed to serve your need for entertainment, but you don't really need to reciprocate that with some kind of concern for the substantive like value of their lives as far as their mental situations, you know? And then beyond that, all of the fuckery going on with the Olympics towards black black women's Man. bodies and women's look at, it's not even just black women. Look at the players from Norway, who the, the volleyball players who said, look, we don't want to wear these itty bitty teeny weeny bikinis anymore. We want to wear shorts. And the Olympics were like, no, you got to wear this. It's like a total disregard or the, the deaf and um, blind swimmer who needed a a companion and the Olympics wouldn't provide it for her. Man, you I know, heard they, about that. That shit is yeah. shameful, bro. You know, it to you know kind of piggyback off what you were saying, dude. I, I remember um when Megan Kelly made her comments towards Naomi Osaka and I just realized I was like it's like what you were saying about racism. Like we talk a lot about intersectionality. You know, when Megan Kelly talked about how she had been, you know, sexually harassed, it's wrong. It's wrong. And I was like, yo, that needs to be corrected. But it's just weird how sometimes white women will be protected and, you know, ride under the guise of I'm a woman. I'm being victimized. Then a black woman is being, you know, attacked and you're the person who attacks her. Mm -hmm. I was just I was thrown away by that, man. And even, you know, some of the takes of, you know, black women not being able to wear the swim caps and there's not being Mm -hmm. enough outrage, I feel like, from across the aisle, you know, Mm -hmm. black people yelling about it, but not enough. Mm hmm. I mean, you, you even see like it, just this, the, the the privilege of being able to not be aware of the way Sharon Osbourne could come out and say, mm. I don't see how Piers Morgan's com- uh, commentary is, 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 has any kind of racial animosity rooted in it. When, I mean, if you just, if, if, if he uses these black athletes as a proxy to exercise his hostility towards blackness. I notice it with 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 uh with with Naomi with with Shaka, uh, Shaka, uh it's Shakari right not Shakari yeah Shakari Shakari with uh with with Simone they act like they're criticizing the athlete when really it's like this is a perfect opportunity to attack a black person and then have plausible deniability that it's not about race it's not about you know culture it's just about an athlete not performing their athlete duties or whatever <clears throat> really they use this to to kind of put on display this kind of a white supremacist animosity and then use the whole I'm just criticizing sports as a as a you know as an excuse and it's crazy <clears throat> because you know it's the other side of the token but you know everybody raised the fit when they told when you know when LeBron was told to shut up and dribble mm-hmm. and this is essentially what this is again you know mm-hmm. Shakari like they you know I'm gonna just make that I'm gonna make the double standard Shakari gets in trouble for smoking weed mm-hmm. a fencer has a sexual assault charge He's still in the Olympics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Simone Biles says, I don't feel like I'm up to it because if you make one wrong move, that can be the end of your your life, mm-hmm. so to speak. And people are like, yeah, man, I just can't see her being strong. Like, yo, are you for real right now? She's a three-time gold medal winner. And then think about the irony and the contradictory nature of it is Shakari, it wasn't a big deal that we kicked her out of the Olympics. We didn't pick her for pain. She's the best. She's the fastest runner in the world. It's not a big deal that she's she's not going to compete, but it is a big deal that the best gymnast is not going to compete. Mm-hmm. Make up your mm-hmm. minds. Do you want us there or do you not want us there? It's only when we fit a certain. And I'm let me make this clear. I'm not making excuses for the fact that she carry. Oh, me. Rule, but these rules have have all types of. Uh, a racist history the whole connotation around these rules is rooted in racism and in inequity and a disparity and the way the laws are applied um the demonization of marijuana a lot of it is rooted in anti-blackness 
in racism towards black communities. And that's why marijuana is 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 on the level that it is and and, and framed the way it is. So that in itself is something that we need to analyze and address. The antiquated nature of a lot of these these rules in the Olympics, the misogynistic, chauvinistic kind of nature of a lot of these rules in the Olympics. And then just the outright racist hostility displayed towards athletes of color. And then you juxtapose that with, I, I get this, I don't want to demean or, or trivialize how important this is to the athletes, but when you compare it to what people are going through with the pandemic and just the, the heaviness of life, a lot of this stuff, not the actual athletes and not their actual effort, but the institutions of the Olympics just seem archaic and trivial, you know? But be real, bro, it is archaic, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, people are seeing just, just how hard they fought to get the Olympics to happen in the middle of a pandemic. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, we really got messed up priorities, yo. Mm-hmm. You know, cause I, I feel like this, Shakira broke the rules. I'm not making an excuse for the decision that they made when you play the game. When you play the game, you conform to the rules. Now I say that being fully aware that those rules sometimes depend on who's in it. I'm not mm-hmm. making an excuse for that. I'm just more so saying ultimately, I just found it funny how she was being demonized for as a person as opposed to her athletic ability. Like, mm-hmm. if you upset with her breaking a rule, that's something different. But you talking about her as a person and as an athlete off a decision, the same way you're talking about Naomi as a person, mm-hmm. because that's that's just out of pocket, yo. And a lot of these commentators that don't play sports really are getting the – they have the platforms to say really disrespectful stuff. And I like mm-hmm. that social media can keep them in check, but – Ultimately, it's just problematic that they had those positions in the first place, bro, mm-hmm. to even weigh and, in on this. Man, so and so many of these people, and I noticed they're trying to create this like new right-wing sports commentary that kind of like um, Pierce Morgan, Clay Travis, those types of people. There's also a prominent um, uh, black sports commentator. Like Jason Whitlock? Yes, 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 I am. Yeah, I am I talking that, about man. Jason motherfucking Whitlock <laughs> that perpetuate these systems of white yeah, supremacy and, and, and predatory capitalism all merged into one and then present it like it's sports analysis when really they just use sports as a, as a cover for trying to push this like fascistic kind of uh, right-wing extremism. And, 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 and they're always quick to pounce on an athlete of color, especially a female athlete of color. That's why there's no solidarity when it comes to, you were mentioning Megyn Kelly, there is no solidarity with feminism when it comes to white supremacy. You know, it's that's where the shores, it stops at the shores of white supremacy, meaning, yeah, us ladies stick together until it becomes a white a conservative woman sticking with a, a, a black athlete, you know, so yeah. You know, man, I think about what something else you said earlier about the pandemic and the weight it's been playing on everybody. Like, bro, think about it. They really literally changing the rules so Simone Biles can't be successful. You think mm-hmm. anybody would want to play in a game where I've I've done moves that no one else on the planet can do and you're changing the rules to try to level the playing field for people. That already mm-hmm. doesn't make me want to play. That's not how is that fair mm-hmm. on any level? You know what I'm saying? If, mm-hmm. if Jordan was so great now that we just changed the rules, everybody would say that's whack. But they're doing that yeah. with Simone, and it's throwing her off her game. The pandemic as well. Naomi mm-hmm. Osaka hasn't been this um, – she hasn't struggled this much in a minute. But this mm-hmm. pandemic, the weight of everybody's expectations, you know, all these things that are outside of her job, you can tell that they're starting to get to it, man. And it's just it's, – it's fucked up that it has to even be that way. I mean, when, when – when, um when 
Simone can accomplish what she's accomplished. Naomi can accomplish what she's accomplished. Serena Williams can accomplish what she's accomplished. And then they they make one misstep outside of the perceived notion of what they're supposed to do. And people say shit like, Simone uh, is not strong. She's not a champion. Yeah, She's crazy, not patriotic. Bro. What it tells these athletes, and this, and then you wonder why their 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 head's not in the game. It tells them we don't value Simone Biles. Mm-mm. We don't value Shakari Richardson. We va- value their their. And, and, and they should value what they do because this is why they've reached this iconic status because of their athletic ability. But it isn't the totality of their humanity. So when you say Simone Biles' name, you don't think about her as a as a person. You think about her as just a perpetual backflip. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and she's trying to tell you I'm a human being. Like, and it just puts it on display that the minute they step outside of the parameters of what this white supremacist kind of mindset has decided they're supposed to do it's just complete contempt and hostility I agree. no compassion you know what i mean and i'll be real bro <laughs> I, I view the olympics because it's a world event i do hold it in a higher regard than i would the nba or nfl i look at that as this is our chance to and and people might say that's that's crazy that i would look at it like that but it's our chance to compete on the world stage yes america is supremely flawed yes america you know has so many skeletons as it's trying to compete. I'm, I'm not knocking that, but I do look at the Olympics like, yeah, man, it, the Olympics used to be something that people held in high regard. Um, but I think when it gets to the point where we start putting all of our, we start making athletes try to uh, make up for our sins. That's when we start making flaws. Like, you know, I saw mm-hmm. a dude on Facebook. He was like, man, talking about the Simone Biles thing. He was like, you know, Jesse Owens prevailed. It was a white dude. I'm like, fam, Jesse Owens struggled in his own mm-hmm. country when he got back from the Olympics to, mm-hmm. to feed his family. Mac mm-hmm. Robinson and all these other people who went to the Olympics struggled to provide for their family. Don't make it seem mm-hmm. like this country really values people being patriotic. Don't make it seem like this is for anything other than for y'all to feel like this is one good thing we have yeah, in the shithole I mean, of I bad mean- things. Look at how they treated Muhammad Ali. Look at how they treated Joe Johnson. Look at how they treated Joe Lewis. You know what I mean? Like um, facts. Yeah, you know. It it, 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 It just—it's almost like they—they use these athletes. They don't—they don't truly value us as a as a people, black people. So they use these athletes as kind of like these almost um, deified, idealistic uh, uh, depictions of who we all should be. Simone Biles is everything white America wants every other black person to be, you know, mm. uh, LeBron James and all. And then when, and in a minute, LeBron James stands up and says, well, I have a political point of view or, or Naomi Osaka stands up and says, well, I'm having some mental health issues or Simone Biles stands up and says, well, I'm human. All of a sudden it's not satisfactory because they have to be perfect. It's, it's the same kind of mentality that's applied to a police officer thinking a, a young black kid is super has superhuman strength. You know, like when they said Michael Brown hoped oh, up and, and like he became extra strong because, you know, those black people, it's the same kind of, it's kind of the other end of the spectrum that they apply this unreasonable expectations to these idealistic depictions of what they think blackness should be. But blackness is, 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 is you know, it's the good and the bad. It's the positive and the negative. And she's going through some shit. And instead of people being like, I understand because, you know, this stuff is important, but it's not the end all. She immediately gets uh gets attacked by the 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 usual suspects, the you know the right wing. Man, I, I mean it's already begun. I mean this just happened, and she is already receiving just the most heinous attacks from from the, you know the the typical right wing heads that you would expect. Agreed, man. I, I respect her teammates. She said, "Look, I want them to have their chance." 
And I respected her saying that as a leader and I respected them rocking with her, man. And, you know, I just want, you know, I just want them to know, look, we, we rock with, we rocking with y'all. We standing with y'all. We already know how the other side feels. Don't worry about the other side. Focus on the love, you know, and at the end of the day, Everybody knows the Olympics wouldn't be what it would be without us. So we know mm-hmm. that. Especially you know without Simone Biles. Facts. You know what I mean? Like you can, And I mean, we can say it's a different thing with gymnastics. Naomi can go out there and I mean, she could push through it. She might not win, you know, but she could break an ankle or something. But I mean, Simone could literally go out there and break her neck. Exactly. If she's not focused, she could be a paraplegic fucking around you know so that's what she was trying to say is like and we saw it with one of her vaults where something just seemed off her, her landing was off her concentration seemed off you could see the distress on her face so for people to want her to still go out there and perform when you could obviously see something that's going on shows just a total apathy and a disconnection from her as a human being man exactly <clears throat> man and i think the last thing i'll say and i won't mention it in depthly but obviously the other mental things that she's endured at the hand of, you know, of the, you know, the gymnastic mm-hmm. organization. Mm-hmm. 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 You, you can never tell a woman how strong she can be when she's done, you know, she's done all these mm-hmm. things that she's gotten through, man. So at the end of the day, keep doing what y'all doing, ladies. That's that's what I'm on. And when is it ever enough? You know, Naomi is, is what, 21, 22 years old. She's the top ranked player in the world. Simone Biles has won three gold medals. I mean, she, countless victories. She's brought so much prestige, not to the sport of gymnastics, to the United States, to black people, even though we're not a monolith. But, you know, she's still, and, and it's not enough. She, one time she asked for some compassion and you've got certain people out there that just don't have an iota of, of sympathy to give to her. So, yeah, I agree with you, man. Just, you know, I'm very proud of of, of Simone and Shikari and uh, and all of our black athletes and all of our female athletes in general, all of our American, our, our women athletes for, sure. uh, for, for having sure. to deal with a lot of these archaic and just, you know, antiquated rules in the Olympics and, and being able to push through it. For sure. <clears throat> man, I'll just say that last my last point. I didn't realize that all of them were basically under the age of 25, man. I, mm-hmm. I like that paradigm shift with Gen Z. You know, we talked about Gen Z earlier, but they really are shaking shit up. And I like that. Just wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Gen Z is just it's a lot of shit they're just not tolerating anymore. You know, um, they, they're evolving past where where, you know, where we currently are. And I'm very proud of it. You know, it's make it's going to make a better world. That's how we know that a lot of things that are happening right now. It's only a matter of time before they go. And it's only a matter of time before they're going to address climate change, before we're going to have some kind of a basic universal basic income, before we're going to have universal health care, because Gen Z, Gen Z ain't going to stand for it, man. They're just not going to settle for the status quo. Respect. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all, Gen Z. Much love. And, man, to the real rap fans, everybody who really cares about this shit, man, I appreciate y'all. And, dog, I, I appreciate you just, you know, man, just chopping it up. We've been talking about this for a minute, but I feel like it just needs to be said. You know what I'm saying? And in regards to Mickey Fax, man, he got a project dropping with Blue, man. Make sure y'all support that, man. Real hip hop is coming back. Thank you to Lupe, Royce, and and everybody for providing us with great content. Because 10 years from now, we're going to still be looking back on this like, man, remember when Lou and Royce went (laughs) at it? So I'm very thankful. Facts, man. I I, I co-signed that. Thank y'all, man. Y'all helped me, you know, get through a tough week. And like I said, I'll be able to hopefully one day be able to tell my kids about it and, and, you know, inspire another generation to really appreciate real rap. You know what I'm saying? Hey, but we need another round though. We need one more though. I ain't going to lie. We need need another shot. 
Yeah, none of that Pusha T Drake shit. No one and done, <laughs> nigga. We we need another round, hey, man. man. We might get it before we before we know it. Maybe yeah. the end of the week we mess around and get some. You know what I'm saying? Oh no, you know, remember Royce? They call Royce Malcolm X for a reason. We getting another round, so yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Hey man, we can't wait to get everybody's thoughts on this, man. With with that being said, peace. All right, y'all. Peace and love.